Let's go ahead and get some reaction to a pretty sweeping measure that passed in the late, late hours of uh, of the Senate and then was passed by the House in the final hours of lame duck session. And that's a sweeping provision uh, that changes the state's uh, system of justice. Uh, joining us right now is um, uh, an association that's directly impacted by this. Uh, the Illinois Sheriff's Association's Jim Kaichek joins us. Jim, thanks for taking time. Um, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when uh, when some of the details came out, but those details have changed. Uh, and even they changed down to the wire where in the Senate, 3 o'clock in the morning, I think, is when uh, one uh, measure was, was dropped on senators and then they debated it an hour later and passed it about 45 minutes after that, then went to the House where they passed it after a shortened debate, uh, mostly along party lines from what I understand. And what's all in this thing? How much did it change? And how, how are uh, police going to be impacted by this, but not just police, but... How are the communities you guys protect going to be impacted by this? Sure question. Thanks for having me, Greg. I guess, first of all, you're right. I mean, you know, such wonderful things happen at 4 o'clock in the morning, right, while you have less people paying attention and all of a sudden you have a brand new, not a 611-page bill anymore. Oh, no, no, we don't cut that back. We go to 764. Sounds like a great idea to me. Um so to say from an association standpoint and from a from a individual police officer standpoint that we're disappointed, angry, frustrated, and quite honestly, sad uh, about how this entire process went down and how things are going to be moving forward, this bill did nothing to make our community safer. It's going to make them less safe. Uh, this is a, such an overreach going on right now that we could have had a much more thoughtful conversation, as we'd asked for, for, for an extended period of time, but that didn't happen. Instead, you know, as I indicated, we've got 764 pages to go through that the, the most significant things that I would point to, you know, I know all the cops that are listening right now, one of the things that you should have been concerned about was your ability to maintain qualified immunity. That still exists. You still have qualified immunity. So I don't want folks to just suddenly throw in their badge and their duty belt and say, hey, I'm done because that's gone. It still exists. But there's like what a review, did, but there's like a review panel or something being created. Is that right? Correct. They created a task force on constitutional rights and remedies. And lo and behold, on this task force are such experts like myself. I'm not an expert on qualified immunity. I mean, this this is you need constitutional attorneys to review this process to make sure that police officers continue to have the rights necessary to be able to make the snap decisions that they have to make. But, you know, again, never got an opportunity to review the language, never got an opportunity for, for input other than uh, the input that we were able to share with senators that were debating the bill at four o'clock in the morning. We're talking with Jim Kaichek. He is the executive director of the Illinois Sheriff's Association. And uh, it's not just the Sheriff's Association coming out, uh, uh, reacting to this. You've got a, a coalition of sorts of law enforcement uh, from from across the spectrum, not just management, but also um, you know employees of law enforcement uh, reacting to this. Uh, but it's also got criminal justice elements in there as well, uh, and kind of a blend of the sort. Uh, one in particular deals with like questioning of suspects and their ability to have access to phones and uh, even when suspects can be um, uh, released after being arrested uh, if they're not a threat to other people what are some of the the things that that listeners need to know uh, about how the, the the criminal aspect of this was changed 
Well, one of the provisions that you just talked about in terms of the phone calls, there is a belief, and this comes from the Cook County Public Defender, Amy Campanella. She believes that somehow or another that we as law enforcement continue to repeatedly deny uh, suspects and potential offenders that we take into custody ever them getting an opportunity to make a phone call, which is just blatantly false, absolutely false. Uh, so they have been trying to pass this bill for the last several years that says, well, you've got to have within one hour, you have to have three completed phone calls. If you don't, that's a class three felony on the officer that didn't allow you the opportunity to do that. This bill, fortunately, was able to be modified. So it's three calls uh, within three hours, and they don't necessarily have to be uh, completed. There is no criminal penalty associated with it anymore, but the problem still, and the original bill also said that if we take a statement for somebody, let's say, you know, you've got somebody that just committed a murder, they're very upset about it, maybe it was a crime of passion, and a lot of times folks within that first hour time frame may very well admit what they did. Well, under the original provision that she had proposed, that would have been taken out. If they didn't get an opportunity to speak to their lawyer, you know, that, that they didn't speak to their lawyer, that you couldn't take that statement. Well, I think we all know that you have a constitutional rights afforded to you under Miranda. There's no question about that. We read someone their rights when we arrest them. If they choose not to go ahead and engage an attorney at that point in time, we have the ability to question them and take the answers that they provide. She wanted to remove that. Fortunately, that provision was removed. So it, it's still not great, not good, but at least at this point in time, you know, we, we have a, it's still an opportunity to continue to do our job. We're talking uh, as it relates. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We got uh, we got just about uh, less than two minutes left. Go ahead. The the other provision that is hugely significant is they eliminated cash bail, uh, and, and really what that means is we have they they kicked out the effective date to that provision. So we've got two years to try to come up with pretrial services across the state that can be available for counties uh, to be able to make sure that they can have some sort of system in place. Mind you, there's no money to support any of this, too. I mean, it, that, that's amazing. Um, but there, there has to be some sort of a system put in place to backfill and make sure that uh, defendants make their way to court. Uh, under this program, there is no cash bail. Uh, there is a, a very limited amount of charges that you would be able to maintain someone in custody. They it's, it's pretty much a, an all-in or all-out. So what's going to happen here is judges are going to be making the determination, okay, do I believe that this one's a potential threat to the community? Um, if I do, I'm going to keep them in custody. That can include some low-level charges, right, uh, when you start getting rid of cash bail. It, it obviously will include higher charges, but other judges may say, okay, well, I don't really think they're a threat. We're going to go ahead and, and kick them out the door. I, I just... If, if part of the mission here was to look for consistency in terms of application, this does anything but that. Jim Kaichek, Illinois Sheriff's Association. It's all the time we've got, but uh, there's so much more of this bill. We'll probably have to bring you back on as this thing starts to be implemented, especially as the governor indicates he will sign it. So I appreciate your time this morning. We'll connect again soon, all right? Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you.